First of all, Spike, so glad you're sitting down. Um, after 18 consecutive home losses, the Knicks won tonight. I repeat, the Knicks won tonight, defeating San Antonio 130 to 118. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Nickish Podcast. Before we go further, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to quickly go to Apple and Spotify and SoundCloud and subscribe to our podcast. Every subscription helps us out. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It all goes for our benefit. So, again, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. And uh, without further ado, this is episode number 15. Yes, sir. The big one, five. Our quinceanera, so to speak. Yo, can you believe we made it 15 episodes already? It's It feels like yesterday we started, and we were talking about the Knicks and KP when he's coming back and Tim Hardaway, and all these guys are gone, <laughs> and it's shit, we're almost in March right now. Like, postseason's coming up. We're up to episode 15, and, like, that's, that's pretty wild. It is wild, but I could definitely believe it just because I feel like we did 15 of these practice demos over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, really like episode 30 for us right now, but yeah, keep that on the hush hush down low. What do you think is gonna happen? The actual episode 30, 15 weeks from now, four months, it's gonna be June 25th. It's gonna be like a week. Is that four months or three months? Three, three and a half months? Sounds something like that. It won't be July 1st. Yeah, it's definitely, it won't be July 1st. It'll, it, it'll be definitely after July 1st, I think, if my calculations really nope, not even close. Yeah, no, 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 it's gonna be like June. <laughs> my math, I was never good at math. Don't. You an English major. So don't know me. <laughs> We're going to be talking yep. about the NBA Finals, and, you know, probably KD is going to be taking home that, that ring, that championship, and maybe that Finals yep. MVP, and we're going to be looking ahead for July 1st. Uh, yeah, his, his final ring is a Golden State Warrior. R- write that down. One. I don't know where he's going. We don't know where he's going yet, yet, but it's, it's, it's time. <laughs> We're gonna that know Golden what, State, that Golden State chapter. We're is gonna know to an end. that we have that f- number one pick. You already know we're gonna have Zion tattooed all over ourselves. It's it's gonna happen. I'm gonna cut my hair. It's gonna say Zion. I'm gonna be ready. Speaking of, I booked us two tickets to go down to Carolina, and I'm bringing Mad Bubble Wrap. So we're gonna kidnap Zion, wrap him in bubble wrap, and just you know tell him to cool off until May. You know what I mean? You could probably flex him. You would me. Pop all that shit. You would me or not? Nah? 
I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, all right. You got the bubble wrap, though. That shit expensive. <laughs> We're in the allow for Zion. Oh, man. All right, so... For this week's episode, we're going to talk about the recent Knicks games. There are two that happened after the All-Star weekend break. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, some of the young Knicks players who are standing out, as per usual. And we're going to talk a little bit more about a certain snake uh, that was part of the Knicks not too long ago. And we're going to talk a little about, a little bit about the MVP race um, and see who, who we believe uh, deserves the MVP as of now, about 75% into into the season. So, last night's game, did you catch it? The San Antonio Spurs versus the Knicks. The Knicks actually won at MSG and snapped I what I believe was an 18-game losing streak at MSG. Yes, sir, and I feel like it was a 100-game losing streak against the Spurs because I swear to God, I can't remember the last time we beat them. I don't even think we beat them in the mellow era in MSG, or I might be tripping, but... I remember yeah, a time. Yeah, I remember a time that the Knicks almost beat the Spurs, and Greg Popovich went off on his team because they almost lost. Yeah, because he was like, "What the fuck? They're the fucking Knicks. They're the Knicks. That's all. That that that's all it was. That was his, his fucking coach huddle. So yeah, they're the Knicks. Where are we right now? <laughs> and they lost to the Suns but... too. So I don't know what I don't know what's going with them right now. The Spurs. Pop is washed, huh? Oh, no? oh yeah. shit. You gonna say that? Good job. He's not washed. Maybe he's on the red cycle right now. Getting there though. Almost fully washed. Yeah. And they lost to the Raptors too. DeRo- you know, DeRozan's having a shitty week. Damn, poor guy. <laughs> Did you see that last play where fucking yeah. Lowry and uh, Kawhi jumped him? <laughs> and I, I saw some, some motherfucker tweet just like, damn. DeRozan got jumped by his ex and her new man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, damn. Uh, that was that was such good a good time. game. That was such a good game, though. Uh, that was right, right, right. But nice. uh, we're we're not here to talk actual good basketball. We're here to talk about the Knicks. Yep. And the Tank Palooza. But it must be noted, we won the last two of our last three games. So, I mean cool but also like a spike lead set of thoughts because like now we're, we're we're fucking tanking it's like what's going on you know what i mean your thoughts on on this on this winning streak we coming for the ac or what's going on uh, i don't know i don't know suddenly suddenly everybody knows how to play and they remembered and they're doing the right things it's not good they should not be doing this they should not be playing this well but they are which is yeah. also nice um the, the, and the i met the eighth lottery seed by the way so that that would be catastrophic. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> oh man, uh, they'll find a way to fuck it up again. But let's hope not. Not this time. Let this be the year of the Knicks. Um, the Knicks have the second worst uh record in the NBA right now. They need to be in the bottom three for them to get an equal opportunity for the first round pick, which is only just fourteen percent. But to really get that chance at Zion, you gotta be you gotta be in the bottom three, which the Knicks have been for a long time, and they just need to keep it going. But in the meantime, they yep. their young guys just need to play well. So the last two out of three games have been kind of the epitome of what this season's been. Uh, there are several key young Knicks players who've been playing well, but the Knicks have lost uh, minus last night. But you, you kind of need to win once in a while just to make sure that the team and all the players don't just spiral down, you know. Uh, it's it's crazy yeah. that, that such a young team is able to lose so much, but they're not, you know, bitching and moaning about it because – the one guy who was bitching and moaning is finally out of the team. Um, 
everybody else seems to be mature and understand that's all a process and they're they're all collectively you know just getting better and better as a unit um so what, what are your thoughts Spurs game and even the even the Timberwolves game if you have anything to say about that which they lost I mean, 150 they, they scored 104 while the Wolves scored 115 without Carl Anthony Towns which by the way was his first game that he ever missed which is pretty wild to me uh he was drafted the same year as KP KP missed like half half the, at least half the games while well, that was first uh the first game that Cat missed and it was because he was in a car accident but thankfully he's okay that's wild franchise big men are allowed to miss games fuck who knew but uh yeah i mean we always joke about tanking shits it's like obviously we was just joking like obviously we're all about tanking getting the best out to get the best pick but like we said from the start if the if we win games on the backs of the young kids playing good then we can't really complain you know what i mean and then the lottery odds being like a little more fair throughout or dispersed um, this is where it kind of helps us, you know what I mean? So, like, these little wins here and there don't really matter much in the long run just because, like, we stank so much through the season. But just, like like you said, like, it's good to see the young kids grow. And, like, that game, like, shit, let's start with Dennis, first of all. Like, are we in our segment right now? The kids are all right? This is, is officially the start of the segment. We calling it The Kids Are All Right. Go. Yeah, and apologies if we took that for somebody. But last I checked, that shit wasn't trademarks. So I beat my ass. But... <laughs> Um. Uh, shit. Yeah. So Dennis, like, yo, he was a fucking fiend in that game against the Spurs, bro. Just attacking the paint. I think Fizdo mentioned he had twenty pure paint touches, and he mentioned how that's fucking that's a lot for a young guard, especially you take into fact that he's the second year point guard. You know what I mean? Yep. So just. He kind of, I mean, we always keep talking about you and I in personal conversations. Like, he needs that jumper and it'll unlock everything. But right now, we're like, he showed just, like, he flashed, like, what makes his potential so fucking tantalizing. You know what I mean? Last night, attacking the rim relentlessly. Nice, like, wraparound passes and passes to the corner shooters, which is a tough-ass pass to make. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, driving to the rim, noticing last minute there's a wide-open shooter at the other end of the court. I saw him do that maybe two or three times last night or was it was the game last night my whole concept the, of time the game was last night yeah yeah all right there you go i'm not completely seen on yet but mm. yeah so like he's those those kind of passes like dudes like lebron Harden, and Giannis make it look routine but this is a second year point guard that's a lot smaller than those guys and he's making these reads and i didn't know he had that in his bag at this point you know he's, he's a little more of a nifty passer than he got credit for in dallas I think that just goes to the fact that he's having the ball more now and, like, Fizdale's empowering him. And, it, like, he showed up last night. 19 points, 13 assists, no turnovers, Doug, for a no, young point exactly. guard. Exactly. 13 assists and no that's turnovers. A big thing. That is a very big deal. Six rebounds, so he put in work on the boards, you know, put those hops to use despite the fact that he's only 6'3", you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's looking like our point guard of the future. And I feel like to differentiate – this between Moutier's hot streak. Like, I feel like Moutier, he wasn't doing it like Dennis is right now. Like, obviously, Moutier, like, he fell into Fizz's, like, favor just because he's aggressive and pushing the ball and, like, running up the court, you know what I mean? Doing something no other point guard could do on our team. But, like, Dennis does that and more in terms of attacking the rim. Moutier's not as athletic. He's slower. He never really attacked the rim like Dennis does with that kind of reckless abandon. He more so relied on like that, that bullshit like 
jumper with the hitch in it, like that jumper with the hitch in it, you know what I mean? Like the mid-range fallaways and like floaters and shit that I never really thought would be sustainable. Yeah. He had like a hot shooting streak. So he hasn't really reached those peaks yet, progressively going down. And I mean, to be fair, he's just come back from an injury and he did look good in that first game back, I think, in September Wolves. Um, that was a game where he, uh, where Dennis got benched in the fourth because Fizzo, I mean, this is a gift and curse of having a young point guard, but Fizzo was saying how uh, Dennis's condition wasn't up to par yet, and I think that'll come with time. Mm-hmm. But just focusing back on Dennis, like, I'm happy to see the growth he's shown, just, like, the, the array of skills he's, like, putting out there because I think it's by far he's our point guard prospect, and I think it just, we always talk about it in the context of Frank, him and Frank, you know what I mean? In the long run, I think it'll be a good thing just because, like, he'll compliment Dennis well. Like, his strengths and weaknesses match up perfectly with Dennis's. And like I said, going back a couple episodes, I think just having less responsibility on the ball with Frank will will do him good. You know what I mean? And because um, I know your rebuttal to that was, like, he was playing better when he was given the opportunity to be point guard. But then, you know, he got sat for a little bit. Then when he came back, he hasn't really shot well at all or showed – the good kind of flashes that we thought he would consistently. Like it's it's fair to say Frank hasn't progressed as any optimist optimistic Knicks fan expect like expect him to progress this season. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I feel like his progression has kind of stalled, and yeah, the injuries haven't helped. But I mean, Fizdale's doing good for a lot of other young guys. Dotson, Burke, like was shining out for for Fizdale. Moody having the best season of his career. Vonley. So I don't know. I mean, Frank is a project, but. I think Dennis's presence is going to be big for him in terms of he don't got to worry about being the point guard of the future and he'll fit Dennis well. But, you know, Dennis wasn't the only young player that had a good game last night. You know what I mean? I mean, you want to kind of speak to our, well, actually, our I new wanna, franchise big man? Uh, nah, before okay. that, I want to add on to what you're saying about Dennis. Uh, there's a certain all-star that you compared him to uh, when we were talking right before we started recording this. Uh, you want to say the name? Um, Kemba Walker, Kemba kind, Walker. Of, kind of an unknown cat, kind, kind of unknown, <laughs> comes from a little city called the Bronx in New York City, I don't know, a little small town guy, but yeah, go on. But I, I was just looking at his numbers, and, you know, Kemba's old numbers kind of mirror what Dennis is getting right now. He wasn't a very good three-point shooter, he's a pretty good, de- uh, he's a decent shooter now, uh, but when he first came to the league, he would attempt like three, maybe four threes a game, this Kemba, but now he's he's, mm-hmm. t- he's hoisting up like nine nine a game is he's shooting about 36 percent um and he he's gotten he, he had better seasons before where he shot around 40 percent from the three but dennis that that's something that he can he can look up to and he can try to target you know what kemba did and progress in that way uh he has better assist numbers uh dennis and mm-hmm. you know and he's only in his second season he's 20 21 uh years old exactly and, and you know that that three-point shot can come it, ha- it has happened to other players uh, and Kemba Walker is a prime example of that. And they, they're kind of they're, – they're very similar players. Um, I mean, that's why I've been so high on Dennis because like, that's the prototype I always saw him as. Like, I score for his guard with passing chops. Yeah. But that's dangerous off the bounce, and, like, the jumper is always key. And, like, Kemba's always been an, off, been an all-star for, like, the last three years. But before that, it was, like, a steady grind for him to even get a jumper. You know what I mean? Now he's, like, one of the – I'd say he's a deadly pull-up shooter, bro. Like, other than Steph and Dame and Kyrie, like, what are the point guard is like? that dangerous off like the pull-up jumpers off the pick and roll you know what i mean yeah like he's he's a he's a great shooter i mean you mentioned he's a decent shot he's a great shooter right now kemba and that came with time and like you compare his second year season to uh to dennis's 
Dennis is what, like two two to three years younger than Kemba was at that stage, but his numbers are better. Um, he's bigger, more athletic, more explosive, and he has more room to grow and more upside than uh, the Kemba did at that point. And it, the biggest key for Dennis is obviously his jumper, and like that needs work. Like you see him on the free throw line, he's still got a hitch in his shot. Yeah. Um, but it it comes. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the jumper is the thing that could come with time, and like, his defense is a lot better than advertised. Dennis, like he's obviously like as all young players are, he's not like a lockdown in terms of like off ball defense rotations. But like when he's keyed in, and he's locked in on his man. He's he's feisty. I've seen him get some nice steals, just like denying the ball and like running it the other way for a nice alley oop or a dunk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a lot, there's tools there to work with, and I mean, if, like knock on wood, we strike out the summer on a certain big name free agent point guard. Like I'm I'm happy with Dennis to ride with Dennis. You know what I mean? For sure. Now the the big man you're talking about, uh, it's a little. He goes by the name of Mitchell Robinson, and he. The not like you know the way I was just comparing right now with Kemba Walker. All we can really do right now at this stage, as as fans, is really see how high a certain player's ceiling can go, and you you look at you know other players' stats and try to make comparisons. And we've said multiple times before that Mitchell Robinson really compares with DeAndre Jordan. Now, if you look at DeAndre Jordan's numbers, Mitchell Robinson's numbers kind of mirror what Jordan was getting when Jordan was playing like 25 minutes a game. And Mitchell Robinson's playing like 18 minutes a game. Uh, and his numbers are just as good, if not better. He has better block numbers, uh, a better block percentage right now. Um, what was it? He, I, I saw somewhere today he has the highest block percentage, like the the fifth most of all time or something like that. And I think uh, uh, Minu Bull had the top four, something like that. But basically he's blocking like crazy. Uh, everywhere he'll he'll still make mistakes. He'll still go for pump fakes, but then he'll recover and still block the shot. Uh, he's he's crazy good on defense right now, and this is his first season. Uh, didn't play basketball at all last season. He doesn't even know what he's doing, bro. He's just picking it up like bit by bit, game by game. You know what I mean? It's he's like a fucking he, prodigy out there. Yeah, he had arguably his best game last night. He scored 15 points, got 14 rebounds, got five blocks. He said earlier today or yesterday. Uh, he he's trying to average like five six blocks, which you point out to me earlier today was pretty much what he's getting right now on a per thirty was it per thirty six or forty eight minute basis. So on a per thirty six minutes this per season, uh, rookie Mitchell Robinson averaging four point four blocks. That's crazy. it's a rookie that doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing. That's you know what I mean? crazy. Yeah, and he's getting so locked. yeah six blocks is crazy. Nobody else in the NBA would have done it, but like <laughs> he might get close. Yeah, and like with his athleticism, it's he. He might he might be able to do it. Who knows? Uh, he's it's he's scoring rare, efficiently. Bro. That athleticism. Yeah, he's scoring efficiently. He uh, he's catching lobs. He's dunking it in. He's he's rebounding much more smartly too, and he's seeing the game a lot better. Just like Kevin Knox, there was a certain play last night. Uh, Kevin Knox shot the ball. He missed. Mitchell Robinson caught it, and then uh, Knox uh, cut right into the basket while everybody's looking at Mitchell Robinson. Robinson quickly passed it to Knox, and Knox dunked it in. Um, these guys, these these these, basically, they're kind of they're boys right now, young men right now. They're learning the game at a rapid pace, and like it's exciting to see as fans. Uh, a miss of a terrible season that these kids are pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's just like the thing with like. Mitch, like the rebound is gonna come just because like he's like a fucking string bean right now. Like you, you see his frame. He has broad shoulders, skinny dude. Like he'll he with 
more time in an NBA level strength and conditioning program. He'll get to the, like the physical peak that like DeAndre was at. But at this point, his progression is a lot better than DeAndre's one. DeAndre's was at his rookie stage. You know what I mean? And they're similar in that like DeAndre was a raw rookie taken in the second round. Yeah. And Mitch, the same thing, except DeAndre actually played in college. De- like Mitch just sat out the whole college season. Not like, even just rookie. Like, like a, he, his numbers matched pretty much what Jordan was getting in his fourth or fifth season. Exactly. You know, That's and like crazy. Jordan was still a work in progress when Doc Rivers got there in like 2013. You know what I mean? It wasn't until Doc Rivers got there and like hyped him up and helped coach him up that he like reached that, that all star level, that defensive, almost defensive player of the year level. You know what I mean? And let's and not like, forget, he, like had the point, said, he had the point guard on his team, lobbing it up. Exactly, and like, and Mitch has got, like, just surrounded by youngins, and like you said, Mitch is progressing at a rate that, like, DeAndre could even match, and, you know, the, I think the comparison comes down to can he even be better than that, like, like Rudy Gobert, kind of? Like, Rudy Gobert is, like, a fucking mm-hmm. monster on mm-hmm. defense, but he don't got Mitch's athleticism, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he don't got those rare, like, nimble traits. Like, ro- rookie Rudy was, like, a terrible player. If I, uh, if I recall co- correctly, he was foul prone, could barely play. Um, Canner was getting minutes over him. You know what I mean? It took him until his second year for him to like show like those, the defensive instincts and chops that he developed over time into what he is now. But Mitch right now is just like game by game. He's just getting better. And it goes to what I said last episode. I definitely feel like at this point, and I love Dennis, you know what I mean? I feel like, the best young commodity on the team, young prospect with the best potential. And like the special characteristics is Mitch, bro. Like I could see Mitch developing into like a high level starter on a contender, all-star level big man. You know what I mean? And uh, Dennis has shown those flashes, but like shit, Mitch is probably our best rookie prospect. And I mean, I'm turning my attention to Knox right now. You know, we've been talking about the good. We got kind of talk about the bad and, you know, Knox had a good game last night, but since the December Rookie of the Year or the Rookie of the Month award, he's completely fallen off the map. His shooting evaporated. He's not as aggressive attacking the rim no more. Um, he's still, like, lost out there on defense, which is, you know, it's understandable for a rookie, especially, like, a 19-year-old. He's, like, the second youngest rookie in the league, right? But we got to call it fair, fair and square, and he's just not been playing well at all. But, I mean, you still watch the games, you know? You see, you still see the traits that you can develop into like a high level kind of wing player, and I mean that's one thing I want to bring up. But just what are your thoughts on Knox so far? And let's take it from there. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's that. I mean, I, I he definitely dropped in January. No, no doubt about that. February he hasn't been as bad. I mean, December when he won Rookie of the Month, he was averaging 17 points, uh, and getting about six rebounds, and his free throw percentage was garbage. His three point percentage was pretty good. It was almost it was almost forty percent. Uh February wasn't that isn't that bad, you know? Um three point percentage dropped, but his free throw percentage went from from what I see, it went from sixty four percent in December to eighty eight percent for ten games. Which is which is a big upgrade. That's 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 a pretty you know, that's that's important I believe. Uh rebounding numbers isn't that bad. Um but it's just like yeah, he he does miss out on some plays uh, I, I, he does miss on some hustle plays too, but again, he's only, he's the second youngest kid in the league at this point, And I don't think his numbers yeah, dropped yeah. that much that it's, it should be a concern. I, I don't, I'm not too worried about it. Obviously you, you hope for an upward trajectory that he maintains the level of production that he's getting, but maybe, maybe he's hitting kind of a rookie wall at this point. Yeah. But I feel like that wall just like 
popped up out of nowhere just in December. And it's just been like two straight months of just not good. You know what I mean? Like, just he's shooting 36% from the field on overall on the season, 33% from, from, from three, um, just not good on a number of facets. He doesn't rebound well. And I mean, this is what like goes into what I'm thinking. Like, I think Knox, his future isn't at the wing, but he's more so better off suited to be our future stretch four. you know what I mean? Do you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't see. I don't see why not. He he's pretty. He's what six nine. He's six nine, and like Fizdo had mentioned, like Knox has really big feet, and he has like he's aches sometimes in terms of like he has growing pains. You know what I mean? And like that's that's happened before. Giannis shot up like two three inches since he was a rookie. Yeah. So like Fizdo was saying, he he could he wouldn't be surprised at all if Knox came in like next next year like six ten six eleven. You know what I mean? I mean we saw it with Frank last year. He was six five. Now he's like six six, bordering on six seven, right? Mm-hmm. So I got. I think for for Knox, I mean, we always – I always said he would be like a bigger Jason Tatum, but I might need to recalibrate just in terms of what we've seen this so far this season. And, I mean, I'm still high on him overall. Um, I'm still enthusiastic about his potential. But, like, so Knox is 19, right? How how would you feel of a comparison like Kyle Kuzma? And Kuzma's like, what, 23 right now? He's got like a good three, four years on Knox. Um, that kind of stretch for score first mentality. Um that complements Mitch, you know what I mean? As Mitch gets bigger and stronger and, like, locks down the paint, becomes more of a rebounding menace, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could definitely see that as, like, Knox's upside. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the they do get roughly the same number of numbers. I mean, like, their, their stats aren't that far apart. Kuzma's averaging, like, six rebounds a game. Um his three point percentage is pretty bad. He's he's averaging like thirty two percent right now from the three. Um, he is streaky though. You know what I mean? Like he's got like we've seen the national TV games where he just like puts up huge numbers. Yeah. On and his jumper just looks wet. You know what I mean? So I think that's just like consistency issues and being streaky. But I I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I feel like Kuzma's a little overrated. But I think the big deal about him was that yeah, he I was, see that. Yeah. He yeah. was drafted so late and made such a big impact on a shit team that it kind of boosted his his like not star image, but, like, his image. Uh, he was just drafted so late, which is great, you know, for a guy who was drafted, like, what, 27th, 28th, <clears throat> to average those numbers uh, on a Lakers team. Like, I, I see why he was get, he got attention, but I, I think he's a little overrated. I think, you know, you could expose him. I, yeah. He's, he's okay. He's I think like he's overrated. Yeah, I, I think he's overrated in the regard that, like, there are people out there that will say he's, like, the best Lakers young player, nah. best young prospect, and I don't know. Nah, hell no. <laughs> I'm still high as hell on, on Ingram. I'm still high on Alonzo. But, like, Kuzma, it is what he is. He came in as an old rookie. Um, he looked, um, I don't want to say, he, he looked, he had, he was crafty. He had, like, the skill set, you know what I mean? Like, he was already, well, very skilled as a, as a young player because he's a lot older than all the other rookies. Yeah. But I think in terms of, like, my compare, I brought him up as a comparison just as, like, that score first uh, stretch four um, that could be a secondary like uh, ball handler, and I don't even know if Knox is there yet because like I'm looking at his numbers right now. Per 36, he's only averaging three free throw attempts per game. Like, and yeah, your rookies don't get calls, but like he's not really driving in as much as we saw earlier on in the season. Yeah, he's playing a little more passive, and it goes to just like the just the negatives about him coming out of Kentucky. He might be too passive to develop into like what his talent says he should be. You know what I mean? So as a bold, just, as a bold prediction, just just from what I'm hearing, 
Are you are you trying to say that Mitchell Robinson has a better chance of being a star, and you think that Kevin Knox has doesn't really have that star potential, but definitely all star potential? I mean, what? I'm not making any bold predictions, but I'm just Obviously like he's only 19 years old, it's so it's so hard to tell. But is I feel like that's yeah, what I'm you're just, trying to say, or you might be covering. No, I'm just going. No, no, no. I'm going off and just saying that like Mitch is like in terms of our young prospects, he's probably the most intriguing and high upside just out of what we've seen so far because he's done special stuff on the court this year in his rookie year uh, with the context of he's never played last year. He didn't play at all last year for any team. Right. And um, can we say Knox has looked special? He's had nice flashes, but he hasn't looked special. You know what I mean? He's looked pretty like, He looks like, oh, exactly. He's like overall, you'd say like at best he's looked ordinary and he's had like flashes where you're like, okay, these are all tools and traits that, like, if he puts it all together, develops, becomes stronger and bigger, he could be, like, a nice, like, high usage, high volume scoring, like, stretch four, um, big kind of wing, you know what I mean? But with not, but with Mitch, like, you see how he's got defensive player of the year potential all over him. And just going off what I said in the last episode, like, he was a skilled big man in high school, bro. You know what I mean? Like, he could shoot. He had nice touch. And you see him out there. He's nimble with the ball in his hands. Like when he knows what he's doing, and he's moving on the moving with, on the move on the pick and roll, and like being able to contort himself in, in the paint, that'll come easier when he builds his body and becomes stronger. But in terms of just comparing to Knox, I feel like just I'm, I hate to repeat myself, but we've seen special stuff from Mitch, and we haven't seen anything special from Knox. You know what I mean? I get what, yeah, I hear. And yeah, I just think moving forward, like I think. One, Robinson is just more of a valuable asset just because, like, his contract's a lot cheaper, and we got him locked up for four years, which is fucking magnificent, bro. Four years of Mitchell Robinson huh. on a, on, and his, the total of the contract's like four mil for yeah. four years. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> Yo, I can't wait. I can't wait for him to get some attitude and start, like, having that. Have, he, I, I can, I can, I, I, I want to see him dunk and scream. That's, that's kind of what I want to see. I feel like. I, I just can't wait for that personally. Like I, I I love to see some attitude in Robinson right now. I mean, playing under DeAndre is gonna help with that a lot. I mean, we we had Sheed come in a couple times, ah. be his big man tutor, which is fucking magnificent. Yeah. I fucking love Sheed growing up. Top five favorite players. Like, just to have him mentoring Mitch is a big big fucking thing. He will put that dog in him, and you know what I mean. Like you see that fucking intensity when he's out there trying to block the shit out of everything, dog. Yeah. Like. Mitch is uh shit man. I mean like we might just dedicate this pod this entire podcast for our entire existence to Mitchell Robinson. I don't know no Porzingis, you know what I mean? As Kevin Durant said at that that media press conference. <laughs> I don't know who traded Porzingis. I don't know no Porzingis. We got a real franchise big man. Yeah. I I I don't want to be the one to say it, but I'm going to be the one to say it. I feel like he could get that Anthony Davis level defense. For sure. 100% bro I mean even like a lot of people sleep on the fact that AD for his like first two maybe three years he wasn't a good defender you know what I mean which is wild because his offense came quicker than his defense even though in college he was like one of the best defensive prospects of all time yeah you know what I mean so I think that came with him just like bulking up becoming more athletic and just stronger becoming like a, just filling out his body becoming from a, going from a boy to a man you know what I mean so I think Mitch just like imagine the progression with him you know what I mean now I I believe you know we should we should give some love to one more player one more Knicks kid, uh, and 
we gotta play another comparison game. Uh, this this kid is kind of like Clay Thompson right now, because he's shooting Moody lights out. Shit, man. Damn, man. <laughs> Big time comparison. You're a funny guy. You're a funny guy. You don't you don't talk you don't talk about Fizdale's <laughs> favorite son, no? Nah? No, man. I'm talking about I'm talking the about the boy. older the older forgotten kid, but he's coming back right now with the vengeance. Uh, Damian Dotson right now is shooting lights out. Uh, let's just talk about only the last two games. And I understand it's a small number, but he's been kind of doing it throughout the season. Um, against the Wolves, he scored five from not five for nine from the three, seven for sixteen overall. Scored twenty points. And last night against the Spurs, he went eight for thirteen, which is the most three scored in since J.R. Smith in I don't remember what year. I think like twenty fourteen or something like that. Um, eight for thirteen, scoring twenty seven points uh, in seventeen shots. So. He's not taking too many. He didn't even take the most shots. Kevin Knox took 18 shots. Dennis Smith took 17 shots. So he's not stealing all the shots. He's he's a very he's a perfect complimentary player right now. And I know we said that about Frank before, but at least Damien can shoot the ball, and he shoots it very no, very Frank's well. Frank's upside is like an actual complimentary player. Sure. Dame is that now. You yeah. know what I mean? You could drop Dame in any contender right now, and he would fit in like a glove just because he's moves great without the ball. He does little things. He's He's a great defensive rebounder for for a guy his size, and his shooting like it goes without saying. He's lights out. You know what I mean? Like anytime he's open, I see him pull up. I'm like, ah, right, that's that's a bucket. That's easy. That's cash. You know what I mean? His catch and like, shoot is so nice. He'll he'll run catch and his. He's a pure shooter, Doug. His he's body stays. His body in the air stays perfect. It's like perfectly squared up. It is a lot like Clay Thompson right now, which might be stretching yeah. it a little bit. It might even be a little unfair, but uh, I gotta say it, man. I gotta say it. he he plays defense very well and. Yeah, that's that's what I gotta say about about Dame, man. He's the ideal kind of player you get with a mid second round pick. You know what I mean? You take a chance on these like these three and D guys with those tools to be that role player and groom them. And last year he didn't get any playing time because Hornacek is a piece of shit and a coward that decided to play veterans because he's delusional. But like Fizdale, and once like he developed the trust in Dawson, he's playing his playing him his ass off. You know what I mean? Like. And Frizzo's the one that came out and said, like, yo, what Dotson's doing out there, what he, the presence he brings is, like, is similar to the effect that a guy like Kyle Corbett would have. Like, he's a, he's, a, he's a walking bucket in terms of, like, those open jumpers and being a catch-and-shoot guy moving off the ball. His jump shooting, like, deserves respect from the defense, and it opens up driving lanes from everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we got, he's, like you said, he's a perfect complimentary player, and he's the type of player that, like, like knock on wood, we do get – um you know, somebody big this summer, KD or Kyrie, he's perfect to fit next to them. You know what I mean? Because he, he, he's, just he's gonna low make the, usage. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He's He'll make the make shots the, that, are, that are coming to him. He's going to make the offense flow so much better because you have to keep chasing. you got to keep watching for Dame. Uh, and it's just going to make the offense flow so much better. Uh, for the, at least for and the rest of the season. And he's not a chucker, you know what I mean? Season. No, not at all. Not even exactly. He, he knows how to make the right pass, the next pass. And, I read an article just like in that same article that mentioned the Kyle Corver quote from Fisdale. Dotson was talking about like, yeah, I know I could shoot like this, but I just know I have to do better things. Like he knows he could rely on his rebounding, be better, be more consistent in rebounding, be a little more of a playmaker because that's what he was in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think all these little pieces will come in time, but like the hardest part in terms of being on the court, providing his shooting and solid defense, which will become more advanced as it becomes more of a, like a, was a more cerebral with what he knows as a perimeter defense. That just comes with experience, knowing how to play like team defense, make the right rotations, 
who to cover for moving on a string. You know what I mean? Right. So that'll come with time. But right now, Dots is just like he got the tools to be like that perfect role player. Like I, I threw out the comparison of like Danny Green multiple times, I think, oh, yeah. in earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he is. You know what I mean? Like if he could become that. And you we, we saw how valuable Danny Green was in those Spurs finals. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like when you got a threat like that that you can't leave open and like your, your stars drawing the attention, that's a backbreaker for the defense, bro. When like let's say like, knock on wood, KD – Passes out to Kyrie. Kyrie gets the yeah. defense goes to Kyrie. He drives. He passes it open game. I'm just saying. And Mitchell Robinson comes for game back and dunks finals. it right back in, and the Knicks win the title. Nah, that, that's not. That's only if Dame Dot misses that shot. We got Robinson with the putback. Easy money. We got we, we got fucking. We got Moody on the bench somehow waving a towel. Frank Frank hits the game winning three. <laughs> Frank in the stands eating popcorn because he probably got traded. Nah, I'm playing. Yeah, Don't yeah, trade our big that, boy. That, 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 hurt, <laughs> that hurt a little bit. Oh man. It did, but like, yo, I mean, well, let's talk about Frank then or French Prince. French Prince. But right, uh, uh no, one more back thing, in his injury, I think. No, one more thing I wanted to say about about Dame. Uh he has that maturity level that's necessary for a team that's struggling to win games. Uh, last night when they were trying to interview him for you know going eight for thirteen from the three, he's just like it's because I got good passes. Like my team, my my teammates were looking for me. They got the right passes. I was able to get good shots, good looks. Um, he has the right he has the right mentality, right level of maturity. I wish I could say the same about Kevin Knox right now. Again, he you know Knox. It's like a five year age difference, though. You know what I mean? Like I Justin, like he's a second year player, but he's a twenty four year old second year player. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, no. Kyrie was 24 two years ago. Like, I, I'm not saying it, it's like apples and oranges, but I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's not entirely on Knox. It's just, it's just the one thing that Knox really needs to stop doing is about is bitching at every call that's, you know, whistled against him at this point. Because it, it, it is, it's not always, you know, it is his fault sometimes. But he always throws his hands up. He's always looking at the ref, and like that's something that you know the the announcers were mentioning a lot because he keeps doing it every single game. He keeps bitching and moaning at the refs so that's something that he just needs to it's going to take some experience going to take some time uh eventually he'll hopefully he'll get out of it um but that's just something i think he got that from alonzo trier because trier is the same way they definitely got that from trier (laughs) them dudes love to bitch and moan but hey (laughs) they grew up watching these these all-star players do the same so what are you gonna do (laughs) harden cp3 the list goes on D Wade would even run back on defense because he was still arguing with the ref multiple times. Yeah, that's my favorite player. <laughs> that's like my second favorite player. But yeah, call spade a spade. But they gotta learn that once they they can't be that way until like their all star status. But hey, might be soon for some of these kids. Also, might not be. Speaking of might not be, as as I was gonna mention, Frank, um, who might not be an all star anytime soon, uh, is got had an injury setback. I think right. He was supposed to come back right after the All Star break, but he's still not back yet. So, any updates on him and no. how you think he's gonna fit when he gets back in? I that's something I'm very excited to see. I don't think there's much of an update on when he's coming back. Hopefully, it's soon. But that's that's the that's really something that I'm really looking forward to. I want to see how he plays with Dennis uh, Smith Jr. Because I, I I said it before. I think they can complement each other very well. And uh, hopefully, he comes back and he comes back with the shot. So. Uh, his defense. It'll be so, interesting to see. His defense. Man, we know off, we can always rely on his defense. It'll be on point. But if if the defense is gonna sag on him and it's just gonna cover everybody else, then 
he at that point becomes an offensive liability, which we don't want to see from you know our baby boy. Uh, but that's that's pretty much. I don't I don't really have any other update on on Frank right now. He's been on the quiet side. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We just got to wait for him to heal up, get back. But it does, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, when I was about to interject, but just it'll be interesting to see how like Fizzo fits him into rotation. Just because like I think since Moody got back, they sent Kadeem Allen down back to the G League. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like he'll be back next season. You know, like we'll probably re-sign him to similar to how we got Luke Cornet, Luke Cornet this season, who was on our G League team last year. So yeah, two way player. It always helps to have like. Yeah, so like two way players. Is that two way player? No, the two way players, guys who play yeah, offense yeah. and defense. Well, what's the? It's it's officially called two way player, right? Or am I bugging? Yeah, it's called two way player. You okay. fucking crazy ass jackass! What the hell kind of ramble is that over there? <laughs> Yo, get checked out for early onset Alzheimer's. I don't know what the fuck that was. He's argued with yourself real quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll two way players. I left that rock. Continue. Okay. Shit, man. I mean, I'm not the one that just lost his mind just now. But uh, I'm sure our listeners are very concerned. It's been a but long day. You got that right, but you don't see me losing my marbles. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, Cornette was a two-way player last year. We re-signed him this, that last summer. So I think we'll re-sign Kadeem Allen this summer just because like, you can't. I mean, if we're going to lose Moutier, it makes sense to bring in a guard that's like going to be mad cheap. You know what I mean? I already know the system, so. Um, it sucks that he went back to Westchester, but I think it's just to me, it's kind of, kind of an omen. You know what I mean? Like, yo, how is Fizzo gonna bat manage like Moutier, Frank, and uh, Dennis? But what I want to see is him just like give most of the point guard minutes to Dennis, thirty, thirty-two minutes a game, uh, make Moutier his backup, and play Frank as like as a starter, a shooting guard, and like play minutes like at the other wing position too. Um, just. Get them on the court as much as possible because like, we got nothing else to play for. 75% of the season is done. It's like experiment with these young kids. Make sure Frank and uh, Dennis Smith just play as many minutes as possible together. Um, because, that, like, like you said, they're, to me, they're a hand-in-glove fit. And uh, just the thing with Frank, bro, it's just like he just needs to get his jumper consistent. Like, we don't need him to become, like, the point guard of the future now. We got Dennis, right? So, it's like he gets, like, that spot-up jumper nice. I just like what he should do this summer is just follow Dame wherever he goes. You know what I mean? Go live with Dame. Get a bunk bed. I don't know. Just follow that man into the urinal. Like, literally, don't even take the urinal next to him. Just be pee right behind him. I want you to shadow Dame Dawson and learn how he shoots. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. But um, any, any more uh, knickknacks on our young kids? Or no. You want to move on? We got we to gotta move on to... MVP talk? We ready to move on to that, or anything else we got on the agenda that we want to talk about before we go to the um, MVP talk? <laughs> we kind of didn't get to hit on a couple of things, but like like we shit next week we could I guess touch on uh, a little more whispers about KD. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, but then also like some other rumors about the Knicks. You know, Dolan apparently selling the team or not selling the team. Um, I got a feeling that kind of rumor is gonna pop up again soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk about MVP. So, so I heated ass race right now. Yeah, we pretty much got three, maybe four. Mm, no, I would say three people who are in the race right now: uh, James Harden, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Paul George. Am I missing anybody? 
Um, stuff? No, no, maybe not stuff. I think it's just like it's been agreed upon amongst everybody that once KD went to Golden State, that KD and Steph just canceled each other out. You know what I mean? Um, just because like they're so fucking nasty. Like I remember when Shaq and Kobe were on top of the NBA, they only won one MVP in total between them during their run. You know what I mean? So it's like that same curse. Um, when your team, when you when you got a one A one B situation, it's tough. So I mean. Steph should be in the MVP conversation if KD was on a team and KD, same shit. If he was on any other team doing what he was doing, he would be in the MVP combo easy. You know what I mean? But uh, right now, like you said, it's Giannis, Harden, um, PG. So, I mean, right now, who at this point, I think on my end, Giannis is the is MVP. What do you think? Sam or no? Um, I, you know, I, I don't disagree. Giannis should be in. You know, if he gets it, I would be like, yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. I like seeing Paul George get it more. But again, I, I over Harden for some reason for some reason that's interesting. That's bold. That's bold. Take over Harden. Yes. PG over Harden. PG over. Let's get Harden. into the meat of it right now. Then why is that? Like if I if I had to put it in order, Harden's third, and then I think it's interchangeable between Paul George and Giannis. Maybe I give the edge over. All right, all right, I, all right. I, maybe I give the edge to Giannis over over. PG. All right, enough with the formalities. Why why PG over Harden? State your case. Why PG over Harden? Because PG plays both sides of the game. Harden does not. Fair. But Harden also carried the Rockets into a winning streak, a hot-ass winning streak, without CP3 for a minute and without Capella, both of whom just came back within the last two weeks. And his 30-point streak was the shit that nobody touched since Wilt. You know what I mean? And... He was putting the team on his back as he always does when he's just when it's just him. You know what I mean? It's similar to that year where he lost out to Westbrook when he didn't have CP3 when Capello was just like starting out as a starter. You know what I mean? Full time starter, and then f- just finally started blossoming that season. But right now with the season, I feel like Harden just. I think Giannis is MVP over him, but I also feel like PG has a good case. But Harden is firmly in second place. I think it's it's almost a two man race between those two and then PG's like coming up as third and he put himself in the conversation within the last month but I definitely feel you on just a two-way impact but like it's not I mean it's not even just it's not even just a two-way impact I think if you compare like OKC pretty much has the same team as it had last season and Melo wasn't that detrimental he might have been but uh he was uh, he, I mean he let's was. be honest he was they, just they, ended, like, up, they the- ended up winning like 48 games last season um, right now, OKC has won 38 games with 20 games left to go, so they're definitely going to beat last year's record. Now, between Billy Donovan and Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni is a way better coach. I, I feel like James Harden is also a part of the system right now. He's just he's able to take so many threes because he's part of that whatever Mike D'Antoni you know system. But that is, is his system, though. That, like, I mean, that, Harden that handles his, the ball more than anybody else. You know what I mean? Hoist, in the he, I think he's he taking a lot more shots great. than PG right now, so he's going to score those points. They have nobody else who can. I mean, nobody else is like taking those shots that Harden's taking. But the one. All right. Here's here's the other thing that I want to. I it's it's a bit you know subjective. Um, Paul George had that nasty leg injury like three or four years ago, and right now he's playing at a level that I don't think anybody expected him to come at after seeing an injury like that. And for him to come back and, right, to, right, right, right. and to score game winners and to dunk on people and to windmill dunk during overtime while the game is tied and to have balls to do that, and he just has a whole another level of swagger right now. And Russell Westbrook is good, 
but he's also scoring disgustingly. I'm gonna cut you off though. His his percentages he, are disgusting right now. Right, but he does so much else, and he's basically like the number one option on that team. That's the thing I'm gonna have to bring up with PG. He's not the number one option. He's if anything, he's a one B to Westbrook's one A. And like yeah, like Westbrook's been deferring to PG this season. Like I think PG's taking more shots, but he's not the one that's handling the ball every possession. That's Russ, right? And just I mean, you brought up like the tragedy PG came from. Like that's an amazing story, but. I mean, shit. Harden went out with a Kardashian. He came back from that. I mean, you decide what's 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 tougher. What? what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's tough. <laughs> it's tough out here. But no, nah, I mean, yeah. Honestly, on a on a in a vacuum, PG season is fucking miraculous. And I saw like just a, the the stat comparison the other day. I think it was somebody brought it up in an article, or somebody mentioned it on a podcast, or some NBA reporter. I'm not gonna shout them out because they don't pay us. But um. PG's numbers right now this season are comparable to KD's last season in OKC. Just in terms of playing uh, beside Russ, uh, being hyper-efficient as a shooter, as a scorer. But I'm going to have to give it to the fact that Harden is, is, has a better candidacy because he's been without CP3. He's been without um, Capella for like the last two, three months. Um, all the off-season additions that Daryl Morey, their GM, made over the summer were gone by the time the trade, de- trade deadline. So let that that summer, he got almost pretty much zero help. He's been relying, and he's been carrying a team on his back with his scoring and his playmaking, and a team that's filled with role players, G-leaguers, and new like waiver-wire pickups like Fareed and fucking... Was it fucking Daniel House? Daniel House is like one of the was one of their best shooters as a, on a two way contract. He's down back in the G League now. You know what I mean? Like this is the team that Harden brought back from out of the playoff out of playoff contention. Now back into the thick of it in the West. You know what I mean? Like, and he's doing it without like the the luxury of having another MVP caliber player next to him. And like, I'm never been the biggest Westbrook fan, and his shooting this season has been by far some of the worst we've ever seen from a high usage superstar. But he's also a triple double machine that bring that he's the one that sets the tone for that whole team. I feel like OKC is still Russ's squad in terms of like the intensity, that that attitude, just like that fiery attitude. He's the one that like galvanizes that squad. You know what I mean? And I think Paul George is exactly what he is in terms of next to Russ. He's he's a perfect number two one B option, and he's like right now this season he's blossoming to that role because um, you brought up Melo last season. He doesn't have like another another high usage guy to defer to. You know what I mean? So all those shots that Melo took last season or or the possessions he handled last season, those were all pretty much most of it went to PG and they and divvied up against the rest of their roster. You know, like Schroeder was a great pickup. Schroeder, right? Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Um Norlens Nor- 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 Noel, he was a great pickup. He's his defensive numbers are crazy. I saw like his steal rates, block rates as a backup center, he's been great for them. Jeremy Grant is a nice, like, combo forward at the power forward in as, as terms of, like, weak side defense, um, perimeter defense. Um, Terrence Ferguson, is he's basically doing the bare minimum of what he needs to be a good contributor to that OKC team. You know what I mean? He's young, athletic, shoots, plays defense. And that entire OKC defense, like, yeah, PG is the best defender on that team by far. Um, he's, he's probably got the best case for defensive player of the year if you want to make a case for him winning an award this, this season. But... You also got Steven Adams out there, who's a lockdown now, presence in the paint. Uh, let me let me cut you off. I just feel like he's, me, he's let, like let PG's had more help. Oh, let me just round out this thought. Right. PG's had more help this season. He's not carrying the burden than Harden is. 
in terms of a playmaker, in terms of like make having every possession run through him. And he he's basically had every all the help he's needed this season has been available to him primarily mostly primarily throughout the whole season. You know what I mean? That's not the case for Harden. And I just like you brought up D'Antoni, but like yo, that whole system runs through Harden, bro. Like there is no Rockets system or play style without Harden, without him being a point guard, basically. But yeah, I'm gonna let you go make your point. Uh, no, I the question I have is, um, uh, okay, it, it, I feel like do we? I, I'm wondering if we have varying differences in what the MVP should be. Are we? Do you think that the MVP should be the the most valuable player to a team that's successful or the best player in the NBA this season? Well, it's not the best player in the NBA like award. You know what I mean? Then Michael would have all of them. LeBron would have at least double what he has. You know what I mean? Right. So I just think everybody and, has varying differences in what I, mean. I don't think I, I don't think there's there's a clear cut th- like definition. Right, of but MVP. like you That's also got to go through historical. You got also got to go through historical context. Like there's a reason Russ when he won MVP, it was like it was a good majority of people that said he didn't deserve it because for one, he was the first MVP candidate to win the MVP with less than 50 wins on his team. You know what I mean? And to be honest, he probably won, he pretty much won that that MVP off a of narrative. Like KD left, so he put the team on his back and became a triple double machine. But Harden basically had the the same season, more efficient with just two less rebounds per game, with more team success, and he outperformed the the team projections because Vegas had them only as like a forty win team, and they won damn near sixty that season. That was before Chris Paul got there. Like, I think just MVP to me is like literally in the title, most valuable player. So like most valuable to their team that brings them to success. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason there's never been an MVP that's not, uh, that's been on a non-playoff squad, you know? And I, I just looking at contextually, bro, like, PG's definitely in the MVP race, but he's third. And I think it's a distant third to what Harden and Giannis have been doing. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I feel like you got more points to make, so no, go I ahead, mean, let it rock. Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I In my head, the way I see it is the best player – in the NBA that season, who's who's also successful for his team, uh, I feel like with, with Westbrook, I so PG's been the best player this season. He's over as as a based, complete based player as a, as a complete player. Maybe Giannis, maybe Giannis has been the best. That's why that's why I said between Giannis and PG, I'll give Giannis. You know, Giannis right now should be MVP. But I'm talking. Right, I feel like we're we're just debating who would be the number two right now between PG and James. Right, Warren. but I like. I think Harden, it's a two-man race to me. And, like, I don't see how PG's a better candidate than Harden. You know what I mean? I mean, PG like, is has the possibility of being the defensive player of the year. But I, the what, I, what I'm starting to see, I feel like there's a shift in OKC right now where Westbrook is becoming more of a number two option and PG's becoming more of a number one option. PG's taking the last shots. He's, he's taking more shots in February versus Westbrook. And you see Westbrook kind of passing the ball a little bit more to PG during the clutch minutes. Westbrook's still taking his shots, but I sense a shift, and I'm seeing PG becoming a little bit more of a number one versus a number two. I don't think he's a clear-cut number two anymore. And all that may be true. Like, I'm, I'm on the same page with you on that, but, like, that don't make him a, a more better MVP candidate than Harden just based off all the context I gave. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you could tell me PG has a better case to be MVP. He's giving in Harden has less help. He's putting up better offensive numbers, and he's carrying a team. While PG's like he's 
he's carrying 50% of his team because he's got another MVP on the squad and also a good-ass big man, Adams, who's fucking indestructible, and I don't think he's ever missed a game yet either. You know what I mean? And their role players are better than, like, Houston's. Like, overall, like, in terms of, like, young, springy defense, like, Dennis Schroeder, like, yo, Harden would kill to have a backup point guard, point guard like Dennis Schroeder. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel, okay. I mean, we'll, we'll see because now that Chris Paul and Clint Capella are both back, uh, I feel like we should come back to That definitely to hurts Harden's MVP case, yeah. For sure. But, um, I mean, it's still Giannis' trophy to lose, I think. Yeah, you know? no, I, we, we both agree on that because Giannis has been too good this season. Um, like, passing-wise, too, he's, he's killing it, and it's, he's just unstoppable right now. <clears throat> I hear your point. I hear you. I, uh, but um, uh, shoot. yeah, I, I hear you overall. I mean, well, well, I feel like we should come back to this in like a month. We'll see how Harden plays with Chris Paul and Clint Capella. Let's see if his streak continues. He's playing again tonight. He missed last game, um, and let's see if he could keep that streak going. But Would you, I, uh, I one think, last question though. Yes, one last question though. Would you say an M- makes his teammates better that elevates the play of his team would would that be a fair formation of mvp i think that's one of the the requisites of it i don't think that's okay right 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 saying like we we can both agree pg's defense is is a big reason it elevates the team you know what i mean yeah but but what i'm trying to say is Harn isn't got off on defense anymore you know what i mean so i think at the he's a monster on offense that also at this point is average on defense he'll get lost on rotations but like in the post you can't move him he gets steals he's third in leading lead in steals he's not locked on a perimeter by any means pg's got that you know what i mean pg's one of the best perimeter defenders i think he's better perimeter defensive better perimeter defensively than kawhi's been this season you know what i mean i'd go as that far because he's been a fucking monster he's defensive player of the year he's he's in the gun for that trophy but Paul George's assist percentage this season, 18%, right? In terms of making his teammate better. Mm-hmm. Harden's assist percentage is 40%. Westbrook, Paul George's uh, teammate, his assist percentage is 46.8%. Like, Harden is his team, basically. I think that's what makes him the MVP. In terms of usage rate, like, you want uh, if you want to argue PG's the number one option, he's, his usage rate is 296 Westbrook's is thirty one point three, so do Westbrook's you, still do you the have dog that over there. For just February. I mean, I've got it for the whole season. I mean, MVP isn't just a award for just February, bro. Right. You know what I mean? So I mean, I mean, if you want, I mean, in that case, then let we have to continue seeing how Chris Paul and Clint Capella, you know, affects Harden's game. But I'm just, I'm just yeah, as far no as doubt, the shift, as far as the shift point, goes, I mean, as far as the shift goes in terms of usage, I'm curious what what February is like because I, I'm saying that I, I think. I don't believe that Paul George is a clear-cut number two option right now or, like, anymore. I don't think he's clear-cut number two. I'm just, like, from what I was saying, he's 1A to 1B. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's close. It's, it's I think it's the same kind of balance that KD and Russ had. You know what I mean? Similar to that. Not even. Actually, you know what? LeBron and, like, Wade. Like, that that first season together where they were just, like, every other game, they were just putting up balls, balls to the walls numbers. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I think, think it's Chris at that Paul, point. Chris Paul is isn't gonna. It's not gonna be that way for Chris Paul, but I think Chris, I think Chris Paul is gonna be like a clear one B. But again, I not this season though. I mean, have you watched Chris Paul this season before he went out? I mean, he's been he's not as good as he looked last season. His numbers across the board are like the worst since his rookie year. You know what I mean? 
And I, that's just with age. Like, I think there's more responsibility on Harden this season. And part of me thinks Chris Paul, he's a savvy vet. He's saving himself for playoffs. So we'll see. But the MVP is a regular season award. And he don't look like the point guard that we know and love this season. You know what I mean? So I just think, like, at this point, just moving forward, Harden is the better MVP candidate. You know what I mean? All right. Um, we'll I we'll see we'll see the the next month and month and a half. I mean, we'll see Giannis running with the trophy. <laughs> no, for sure. No, absolutely, <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, um, but yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I think that's. But pretty much I it. mean, yeah. Do you want to have a heated debate about six man of the year though? No. Right now. No, I'm fucking playing. Nobody cares about six man of the year. <laughs> Who won it last year? I have no. I probably um I think Lou, Lou, Williams? I think Lou Williams, yeah. I think that's like his fourth time or am I tripping? I feel like Jamal Crawford won it like three years in a row. Some shit like that. Yeah, I mean yeah, we could talk about that in fucking April or whatever, but yeah, we did our requisite M V P debate slash argument, so we're just like every we're we're part of the podcast elite club now. So good, good shit. shit. Good shit. <laughs> Zach Lowe can eat my ass. You know what I mean? We got this lane. Nobody else argued about basketball except us. <laughs> Max Kellerman suck this dick. Yo, Max Kellerman be pissing me off lately though. He he be saying some stupid shit. Um, yeah, well, that's just ESPN. They probably mandate. They they most definitely mandate their fucking on air personalities. They just say some wild shit. You know what I mean? He dead said he's not sure if Katie's a top five player anymore. That I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure Max Kellerman's mom loves him, so it is what it is. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. The Knicks are playing tomorrow against the Orlando Magic. They might actually win that one, um, but we'll see. Apart from that, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Nickish Podcast. It was episode number 15. Uh, subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, and tune in next week for episode number 16. Uh, anything you want to add, Nafi? Um, just to subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Um, follow us on Twitter. Um, I had some uh, jokey jokes during the dunk contest. So yeah. I'm going to try to take take over that Twitter account now. And be IG. more of an asshole online. You know and what I mean? IG, that's yeah, Nick, Nick underscore ish. For both Twitter and Instagram. You know what I mean? Uh, follow, spread the word, all that good stuff. And we still looking for sponsors, yo. Where are you at? I think at this point we're just better off going in front of MSG with like a cardboard sign. <laughs> and better luck. <laughs> oh man. Or or yeah. bright idea. Just hit me. We go we go track down thirty five ventures, their office and just Oh shit. You know, show up, apply for a job. Yeah. Apply for sponsorship, whatever works. <laughs> Or we could just cost the Knicks getting KD. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Possibly. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Tune in next week, and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.